0: and welcome back to another episode of loss of down we are your host i am steve he is wally he is david before i toss it over to the boys we want you to know this episode is brought to you by TabEase.com, the premier delta eight edible on the market t-a-b-e-a-s-e.com make sure you use promo code football for 20 percent off that order as well as free shipping only been a few days look at me i'm going back to back shows who would have thought that this was going to happen we got thursday night football tonight the browns and bills playing in detroit Question mark, I know that's kind of throwing us off here a little bit, but gentlemen, how are we on this Thursday? It is almost the freaking weekend.
1: I am fantastic.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. You know why I'm fantastic is because I've discovered that football isn't a sport and I think we should do a history podcast instead. That's That's why I'm fantastic.
0: The history of the Cleveland
1: Browns? I don't know what the Cleveland Browns are, but it doesn't sound like a sports team. So yeah,
0: why not? I can't be the only one positive. Hopefully after, you know, maybe after tonight we'll all three be in kind of like that suicide pact mentality, but you cannot bring me down. Like The Great Electric Light Orchestra once said, don't bring me down.
2: Oh, Walter, you're muted. It's a summary of everything. It's cold outside. It's getting dark early. All my sports teams suck. I'm really starting to believe if I turned on the movie Frozen right now Elsa and Anna would both die. I, I'm just I'm at a very low point. So I guess let's talk some football. I'm glad you're happy, Stephen. How, how are you doing? I, it sounds like you're fired up for tonight, anyways. It's the calm before the
0: storm, but I'm letting it shield over me because uh, for you guys out there that don't know, I'm a big Syracuse basketball fan. Family's from middle of fucking nowhere in New York. And uh, that was the closest college. They just lost to Colgate back to back years and they lost by like 15. It's. It's miserable. But if you guys like gambling, fade Syracuse all year long. Take the points. Take the unders. I don't care. Fade Syracuse. If they're ever the favorite, take the money line of the opposition. You're going to come out plus money during the year. I'm just saying.
2: David, are you as miserable on your Syracuse Orange this year as well? Because like that would really fit with the trend of every sporting event ever going yeah. wrong right now.
1: Yeah, man. I, I think every team I root for sucks.
2: Good. Every I wish our one. team would play every week. At least one of us could be happy. They'd tie. And you know what? I'd be happy with that. We could walk <laughs> arm in arm into the sunset together every night.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that sounds
1: delightful, actually.
0: We're the SpongeBob meme when he thinks that Squidward has a bomb in him, and he's, or Squidward thinks SpongeBob, SpongeBob has the bomb in him, and they're sitting there in the sunlight just waiting for it to happen. That's all three of us except no brick walls because – off chance only one of us has it. I need to get ricocheted right in the throat like Sean William Scott, final destination.
2: That's all you got. I'm miserable. I've got nothing for you today, Stephen.
0: Can anyone be as miserable as the Philadelphia Eagles fans? We're going to start it off here. Oh, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. The Washington Commanders go in to Philly and upset the Eagles 32 to 21. They scored a defensive touchdown there to end the game. So they only won by the one possession. So don't get fooled by the score line here. But nonetheless, I mean, Washington, what? 40 minutes of time of possession on this. A couple of questionable calls, called and not called, that kind of went their way. But you know what? Taylor Heineke, we're back on the hype train for the kid. He's now named the starter over Carson Wentz, who is now eligible to return from IR. But all in all, Wally, I'll toss it over to you. It's in your state that it happened. How about Washington getting to 500 and beating the undefeated Eagles on Monday night? No one saw that coming. No one. I don't think anyone even picked them to cover, let alone win.
2: No, I stayed away. I actually didn't even bet on this game just because it felt weird that it was such a large spread. And that was the reason I stayed away from it. And, I mean, there were plenty of stats on the Eagles side I'll get to in a second. But I have to start with Washington just because – I have to imagine, David, you had similar thoughts when you watched Taylor Heineke celebrate that roughing the passer to end the game. That's such a losing franchise thing to do that it just it sent me back to 2013, watching on Thursday night football, the 0-10 Raiders beat the Chiefs and watching C.O. Moore or whatever his name was, celebrate a sack 30 yards but in the backfield as Alex Smith was running up to the ball and get a playoff. And thank God we had to wear a thaw to call timeout because it just there's some things when you see it, it's embarrassing. I know they won the game. They're five and five. Good for Washington. They're they're one half game out of the wild card now, but that is the embarrassing move that a losing franchise does. Before we get into the Eagles, I want to hear what your guys' thoughts were when you saw that
1: it takes me right back to when fucking chase claypool was celebrating the first down as they needed to rush the offense going and try to win a game it's stupid it is stupid shit like that that just tells me that you have absolutely no awareness and that you're just not you don't belong on a winning football team like that's not what you're there to do so to your point wally it's just a it's a loser's mentality
0: well luckily that's a losing football team that's not going to end up probably having a winning, winning record out here. You know what? I'll be the all-man out. I'll be the black sheep. I like it. You know, it's Taylor Heine. That kid has gone through so much over the past two years where he's, he's that guy and the team loves him. But it seems like the coaching staff really doesn't like him that much because they're ready to get rid of him as quick as they're able to throw him back out there. They're like, oh, shit, this energy that he brings. I'm not thinking more, more or less of it being celebratory for the first down. It's just being like, here's a first down because you're a fucking moron, Brandon Graham. Like, who does that? <laughs> this guy is kneeling, and he tackles him. It's like, oh, Yo, you.
2: want It was a me? little floppy. Can we admit that? It wasn't like he got hit at full speed by Brandon Graham. It's not like Heineke's a huge dude either. Brandon that's Graham's fair. a unit.
0: I mean, that's fair. And he, he had another guy almost like, grabbing him and like maybe pulling him down in the process then a second guy comes in doesn't matter you know what sell it if we he know something that the most consistent thing in the nfl is they are the reps are great at throwing stupid roughing the passer penalties which I, I don't think that one was stupid i think it was stupid of the player to go into heineke like that you know what i'll take a little bit celebratory because if i was washington i'd be just as hyped you're beating an undefeated team On the road, you get back to 500. You get back on the plane. He's sipping Bush Light with a trash can. I think they're sitting on like the Delta economy class with all the chains taken away
2: from Kirk Cousins. He's dripped out. I'm cool with Heineke doing it. It's such a funny move too, that it's Taylor Heineke basically knocking off a Kirk Cousins celebration when Kirk Cousins was run out of town in Washington. And now the city is rallying behind this. Backup quarterback that led them to five Carter. and five. He did start. I mean, he's starter now. I guess it's it, it's one of those weird quarterback situations where you just have multiple backups on the team. But I, I mean, it's good for Washington. I, I really do think that it says something to about that locker room that they're obviously galvanized behind Heineke, and there was not this energy behind Carson Wentz. We don't talk about. We, we agree. I think the three of us that quarterback wins isn't a stat. But it also is something that you can point to and at least kind of get a gauge on where the team is rallying behind one quarterback or another. Two and four with Carson Wentz, three and one with Taylor Heineke. For whatever reason, the whole team is playing better and more motivated, it feels like, with Heineke. And maybe that's a leadership quality, I don't know. But, again, good for Washington. you got to give them their flowers Wait till he gets his hype man
0: Chase Young back in the lineup. Then then the shit's really gonna start hitting.
1: I just have one thing to say about this game. Do any of you look at the, the efficiency stats of Washington running the football?
2: They no. only had one run over seven yards. That's all I saw.
1: 49 carries for 152 yards puts you at 3.1 yards per carry. And we're talking here like Philly has a bad run defense, but is it really that bad? You tell me, like you break, it looked bad during the game, but when you look at when it's all said and done, it's like, did they just do that?
2: It it was interesting though, because Washington was getting what they needed to get.
1: They couldn't,
2: yeah, like Philly couldn't get off the field. Like I said, only one of those 50 some odd runs went over seven yards, which is crazy to believe about, but there were a lot of those three, four, five, six yards. And it was just getting into third and fours, third and threes. And Washington was getting it. it. It bothers me because if that was the
1: fucking Browns, They would have never gotten those yards. Like, they would have never gotten the the necessary – whatever. Let's move on. Wally, take us out of that.
0: Well, I was just going to say – Scary Terry, though. That's all I want to say before you move on. Scary Terry is – I felt like he bailed
1: them out every time they were in a third and long situation.
0: And he makes ridiculous catches, too.
2: He's an undercover superstar in the league, and it he's been a superstar. It's just he's had Dwayne Haskins, Colt McCoy, Case Keenum – Basically, Alex Smith, Alex Smith like a, a list of stiffs. Alex Smith at that stage, I'm saying, obviously, but he's yeah. not had good quarterbacks Kyle throwing him Allen. the ball. Yeah, Kyle Allen, that's another great one. And look at the two he's had this year. I, I will say, though, we have to at least on the flip for the Eagles. Yeah, the run defense is what you would call the Achilles heel for this team, but they went out and addressed it this week. They got in Domkin Sue and Linvald Joseph, two veterans. It It's such philadelphia mo like it's how remind he might to kill to myself
1: team. remind me to kill myself that the browns just can't go out and get too fucking better in d line d tackles just just i'm gonna hang <laughs> i i
0: can't it's all gonna go back to the browns for me this week situationally that those moves couldn't have been any worse for you david because it was less than 72 hours ago you were you were just screaming almost at the top of your lungs about it and then here you go welcome to my world well imagine
2: if those were wide receivers getting signed now you know what my world's like. Last thing, and we'll move on. Four turnovers on Monday for Philadelphia. They had three up until this point all season. That is, I mean, that's how you get to 8-0. That is why a team like Philadelphia that maybe you're not as wild beyond the trenches gets to 8-0. And that's to Howie Roseman. That is to Nick Sirianni. And that's just to how well this team is coached right now. Do you guys have anything else on this game before we go into what, I guess next week's bets? I got nothing. Sweet.
0: Let's get right into the week 11 bets. Before we do that, we want you to know that these week 11 picks are brought to you by Abby Turner creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency, specializing in branding, high in photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're our age where it feels like there's a college graduation engagements, weddings, baby pictures, you name it. It's every damn weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself on abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A B B E Y, or on her Instagram, Sawdown and Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. I didn't have any pics here last week because I was being a sick little bitch. But Wally, how did you two fare? What the hell's going
2: on out here? We both went nine wins and 11 losses. We both were in the negative. I was a little I was 3 units down exactly. David was just over 4. It was a tough week and I think what was frustrating is that when you look back at last week, games like that over in the Rams Arizona game that hit with 5 seconds left, that's a loss. You have the Chicago Bears imploding, that's a loss. It's just been one of those years. I think that Stephen, you and I both liked the same tweet this week where this is the worst the public has been against Vegas in over 20 years. And I am feeling it. I, I feel like yes. I am just you, the old school. I am opening my mouth. I am putting my teeth on the curb and I'm just waiting to get my head kicked in. Ooh, Derek American History X style. Derek American History X. Minus that box. Check that
0: box. Okay.
2: <laughs> but yeah, but beyond that, let's just say this week, unfortunately, we are without Miami and Seattle. We are without Tampa Bay and Jacksonville. Those two not as unfortunate. They're all on their bye weeks, which means we have 14 games and we are getting close to the end of the buys too. So before long, we're going to have all 32 teams playing again, but Steven let's get it started tonight with Thursday night football, where your green Bay Packers three point favorites. Now total of 40 and a half are hosting the Tennessee Titans and this game is a lot more important for you than it is for Tennessee. It feels like a must-win for Green Bay. Do you think that's going to translate on the field to a Packers win tonight? I'm
0: hopeful. This keeps teetering with the three and the three and a half here over the past few hours. So it's it's kind of it's kind of gonna be rough to gamble. But yeah, I mean Green Bay, their back is against the wall. Right, You have Randall Cobb returning here from injury. We'll see if that's going to help with Christian Watson having some of the eyes taken off of him here after his explosive game here on Sunday. But Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee is just that sneaky, sneaky team. When you count them out, they kick ass. When you count them in, they lose. Everyone's counting them out right now. No one's talking about them. And as somebody who's been watching a lot, I'm a big good morning football. Anything else on the TV has been all Green Bay, which I hate. Because my entire life, all I've done is bitch about why why is the Green Bay being talked about? They're the second seed of the NFC, the first seed of the NFC, whatever it may be during that year, and they're never talked about. But They're only talked about when they're doing bad. But now you talk about them, I don't like it at all. With that being said, I'm going to go with Tennessee plus three tonight. Green Bay really needs to string some wins in here, obviously. We have Back-to-back on a short week in Lambeau is the game that they have. But Green Bay is allowing 140 yards per game on the ground right now. Tennessee is averaging just, a, just above a buck thirty. So if Green Bay can contain Derrick Henry, which doesn't sound ridiculous because if you go back to the game last year, that's all they did was contain Derrick Henry. They loaded all 11 in the box, and it worked somehow. I like this, but what I do not like is Tennessee is covered in seven straight games against the spread. In the Mike Rabel era, they're 23-14 and 14 against the spread as underdogs, including 22-9 and nine ATS when it's three or more points. I could see Green Bay winning this game by the two or three, so it would be a push or just a cover for Tennessee here. And here we go, Vegas underdogs. Oh boy, I messed this up. I want to say 58 and 31 against the spread of any underdog that's three plus points this year. That's a 65% that it's hitting on. So I'm going to go with Tennessee plus three. I still think my boys are going to win by the skin of their teeth and keep their playoff hopes alive because, quote, we're not dead. And this could be a completely different story when this episode drops tomorrow. But as of right now, I am currently having my heart beating.
1: I'm also picking Tennessee to cover, I'm picking them plus three. I'm not buying into the hype of the Packers. I'm buying into Derrick Henry. I think he's going to hand it to the Packers. Whether the Packers win or lose, I don't know. But I think Tennessee covers that three-point spread. And one interesting graph I pulled from PFF, which I think plays more into the Titans' favor. The Titans have a successful drive rate in the first half of 42% to Green Bay's 29%. The second half is a different story. Green Bay is at 26% successful drive rate and the Titans are at 15%. Now, uh, the reason I say that plays into the Titans favor, if they can get ahead in the first half, they can literally run Derrick Henry straight into the defense in the second half and cover that spread and have it be a close game, whether they win or lose. So I, I'm just picking the Titans spread. I'm I'm believing in Derrick Henry and nothing else about either of these teams.
0: I'm scared this is going to be a great first half and just a shit show in the second half because I'm surprised Green Bay's was up that high because their second half this year have been pitiful.
1: They're in the bottom ten of the league in second half drive success rate. I'm pumped They're, with that. I was going with bottom, bottom three, five, I think bottom ah, five. They're the fifth
2: worst. Yeah, yep, that makes fifth sense. Fifth worst. If you guys will remember, I and a part of the reason why that Packers line feels bigger than it is there, Steven, is because the first five or six weeks of the season, I kept coming on here and talking about how the Titans haven't scored in the second half. No defense. right. Like they seven were
0: points in like a six-week span or something yes, like that? It was okay.
2: otherworldly bad, so that makes sense. And I'd like to actually almost find out what the drive success rate has been. In the months since that terrible start of the year, it makes you think maybe they've actually done better. The part that has me going Green Bay minus three, which should terrify Packer fans out there, because if you've been listening the last like seven weeks, there's not a team that I've had less of a read on than the Green Bay Packers. And if the worst part is it's I'm watching these games because of you, Steven, and because of my buddies in Wisconsin. It's not like I'm just like going blind, I'm just missing it every turn. The reason I'm disagreeing, and I think that Derrick Henry will be held in check more than you guys believe. I heard a stat. I had to double check it to find out. Robert Woods is the Tennessee Titans leading receiver this year. He has 266 yards. He is on pace for 502 yards this year as their leading receiver.
1: Okay. But, but situationally, Malik Willis couldn't throw me the football in a backyard game of catch. So like That's you, fair. the weeks he was starting are just a complete watch.
2: That's fair. But we also have to look at the division they're playing in. And a lot of the, the, I feel like the success we're attributing right now to Tennessee and it's the guys don't give up on Tennessee. We've seen them do this before that division has at least been better at the top, at least in the past between them and the Colts. It doesn't feel like it at all. It just feels like they're the AFC South champion by default this year. They're they haven't beat anybody of value. They are just beating who they should beat. And credit to Mike Frable. That's what good coach teamed or well coached teams do. I just I think that tonight they're gonna finally get their comeuppance and Green Bay is gonna cover and we're gonna get that feeling in our gut that maybe our thoughts of them preseason might be true which gives me one final question. And this is more for me, Steven. This is going to be out by the time like, it's done when the people at home yeah. hear this. Am I playing Christian Watson or am I playing Alan Lazard tonight in fantasy?
0: I would go with Alan Lazard. I might be biased because I have Alan Lazard as a touchdown score in my prop. You know, I like to throw up the touchdown props. I think it's like Derrick Henry touchdown, Alan Lazard touchdown and Aaron Jones with Aaron Jones with 12 plus carries and, Derrick Henry with 21 plus carries. That's my five teamer right there. So I'm going to go with Alan Lazard. Cause I think a lot of eyes are going to be on Christian Watson before we move on to the next game. What makes me even more nervous is you're picking green Bay. You are dog shit in the Thursday night game too. So not, not only that,
2: yeah. So thanks. Thanks a lot, Wally. I'm trying, I'm trying to will you to win. I just think I might accidentally be doing the reverse.
0: The Carolina Panthers are heading up to Baltimore where the Ravens are 13 and a half point favorites and Baker Mayfield is back in the lineup, baby. I know David's getting a little half chub right here. Not Nick chubb, half chubb. But Baltimore, 13 point favorites. I'll start it off here since I'm talking. Give me Carolina plus 13. Too big of a spread for me right now. Baltimore with the number, with the number two rushing offense going up against a team that's allowing just about the same for as Green Bay, 140 on the ground. But Carolina needs to keep Lamar in the pocket. Yeah, stop me if you heard this before, and make them a passer because their pass offense is only one of six teams that are averaging 180 and 86 or less yards per game through the air. On the other side, Baltimore's defense still can't stop a nosebleed. They're decent on the run, but here's one thing everyone's overlooking. Baker Mayfield going back to a very similar opponent, yes, with a lesser team on offense. But don't ever underestimate that because a lot of people did against Wink Martindale when he went back and played against Baltimore, the old D coordinator who's with the Giants right now. Just saying, as well as underdogs this year, 60-89-1 straight up, 85-62-3 against the spread. Give me Carolina plus 13. Go Thurs, Dylan.
2: <laughs> Before we get to you, David, because I want to round out with you and your Baker Mayfield take here, regardless of what it is, I am going to take... Baltimore minus 13 because of the way I led the show off the way I feel like the world works right now. If I root for you, you will fail. And I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield. I'm rooting for this Carolina Panthers team. So because of that, I do believe that Baltimore is going to win this game like 42 to three and Baker will throw five picks and have 16 yards or something to that effect. The only reason I'm really looking forward to this game and I might not be by Sunday is because the Ravens rookie outside linebacker, David Ajabo, the Michigan rookie, he's finally ready to come back and play. At least it sounds like it. It's like getting a first-round pick at this stage of the season. He's going to be completely fresh. I'm really excited to see how he looks. And it's just crazy to me that this is where we're at with these guys recovering at some injuries like this. He had that Achilles injury on his draft pro day, which would have been probably around that February, March time. And he's already back healthy. Chase Young, on the other hand, he has a torn ACL, obviously hasn't come back as quickly as we're typically used to seeing ACLs nowadays. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if they're pushing back too early, or maybe he's just a freak athlete. Regardless, I'm very intrigued with that, and I'm excited to get my heart broke, David. Where are you at with this game? I don't
1: bet on spreads this large anymore. I learned my lesson. So Baltimore money line. I just know Baltimore is going to win. I am not bought back into Baker. I miss him. I just, I continue to think that it might be over for him. So depending on how he plays in this one, it could be, you know, he could play well and I could be back on the train. I just don't think the Panthers have the personnel to stop Lamar Jackson and contain him in the
0: pocket. And for that reason alone, I think they're going to run up the score on them. Wait, David, we might need, we might uh, have to have you record that again. I can barely hear you with that gun barrel in your mouth.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, that's how I feel, so.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm sure this is going to make it a lot better, David. The Buffalo Bills are going to, quote-unquote, be hosting the Cleveland Browns in Detroit this week. And let me just start by saying, I'm pretty sure we're all probably in the same spot here where we understand this was probably the right move, but I'm really pissed off it happened. I really, really wanted to see this, and it feels like, With every passing year, games like this are less and less likely, whether it be because of domes or whether it be because of player safety. And we thought for a minute there, especially with the Bills having a short week, they weren't going to be able to move the game. There was a bit of hope that we were really going to see them play in two feet of snow. Who do you have? The Bills are eight and a half point favorites and the total is 48 and a half. What are your Browns doing?
1: So, I didn't see the game was moved to Detroit until we started this thing. And so what I had was I'm feeling risky and taking Cleveland plus seven and a half and the under, but that's all going to be wrong now. Buffalo seven and a half point favorites and money line. Fuck the Browns. They're not going to compete. This is going to be, it's going to be a run up the score game like Miami was the Browns are fucked. That's it. I, I just, that's all I got. I I, I hate the Cleveland Browns. See me when Deshaun Watson comes back and maybe we can watch a team that's worth rooting for, but this is going to be a blowout from Buffalo. There's not, they're not going to lose multiple games in a row, especially to the Cleveland fucking Browns.
0: Send it to Buffalo. It doesn't mean the Browns can't cover uh, everything I have on this. Did
1: you watch them versus Miami? Buffalo has just as good as receivers. Maybe not just as good, but awfully fucking close. And they have a better quarterback. Let's even try to
2: make ball. you happy. Let's even try fine. to oh, by make the way, you Josh the Josh
1: Allen running up the middle, passing our defensive tackles, playing dead on the ground is what's not going to make me happy, and that's what's going to happen.
0: How often do you see a team put up consistent games like that? Right? Even the Detroit Lions don't get blown out that consistent. It's going to happen. It's the NFL. We're going to make adjustments. And sure, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to win. I don't fucking think they are. But I think that they can cover. And everything I have on this rundown is basically bullshit because I thought you would have liked this. This is how it started before we moved to Detroit. Snow game. This is going to be a brutal watch, but as a Browns fan, quote-unquote David, you have to be happy because now your secondary is completely out of the game. So that one's all fucked. Your secondary is fully back in the game. I think Cleveland's going to cover the plus seven and a half. I think that Nick Chubb's going to get something going in this game. Buffalo is down right now, and yes, they're going to be very hungry for a win, but Josh Allen is still a little bit injured that shoulder, that elbow's not going to miraculously be better especially after the game that he just went through on this past Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. I think Chubb, Hunt, they're going to give a nice little two-headed running monster here. I like their I like their run game a whole lot better than I like Buffalo. It's not that that matters now. But yeah, sure Stephon Diggs is going to Stephon Diggs, but I think you guys have a great opportunity to at least cover this game and I want to take away this under because it was funny when before all the Detroit Uh, the movement to Detroit happened. All of us just had the under. And now we're all, I think we've all scrapped it at this point now.
2: I was so excited about the under too. I I told- It was a lock. Yeah, I told a bunch of people on Tuesday when it first was starting to come out with the forecast. And I'm like, dude, hammer it now because it went from like 47 down to 42 within two, three hours of the weather channel saying, hey, this is going to happen. Luckily, everybody got their cash out automatically. And I guess probably because of fan duel and DraftKings and the gambling aspect they have to do that when they move games and all that now but anyways this is going to be the bills minus- no
1: say it say what your bets are but but i'm going to tell you why why before you say it why it has to be bills spread and money line and why steven's wrong on the Browns covering the spread and i don't want to interrupt you but i'm going to because It just needs to happen. This is what this is part of the depression. All right. What did we talk about before Josh Allen got injured about the Bills' defense? Like through like five weeks of the season. They were getting pressure without blitzing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Pressure without blitzing. Jacoby Brissett has a 44 passer rating under pressure. 44. The Bills are going to win by a million. They're going to wrap up. Just keep a clean pocket. That's all. Yeah, just keep a clean pocket. If they blitz one guy, we're fucked. We're fucked.
2: Well, it's going to get even worse than that, too, because I have a couple other stats here I have to read off. Unfortunately, David, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a score that's very reminiscent of that Dolphins one last week. It might even be a little worse. And the reason why is because Josh Allen is in the midst of one of his worst three game stretches of his career. And this feels like the best get-right game possible, especially now that they're playing in a dome. It's going to probably be as neutral sight ish feel as possible. Browns fans travel well. Bills fans travel well, too. You imagine it's probably going to be a lot of both. And, hell, maybe even some Detroit fans that just want to go watch some good football up in Ford Field. But Josh Allen has thrown two interceptions in each of his last three games. No quarterback has more interceptions in the opponent's 30 in the last few games. Also six league leading 10 interceptions. That all sounds bad, right? Allen has thrown seven of his 10 interceptions against zero coverage this year. The Browns can't play zero coverage. They have to play zone right now because they're not getting pressure. They are going to get eaten alive and man. So instead, they're playing zone more than 75% of the time. The Bills and Josh Allen might have 450 passing yards on Sunday. This is a it feels lopsided. Perhaps this is a game Miles Garrett can take over. Maybe a game that the defense can actually show you a little life that we thought they'd have early in the year. I just don't see it. And I'm taking Bills to cover and over 48 and a half. Frankly, the fact that it moved to a dome, I'm surprised the over still that low. And you ready to change your, uh,
1: change your pick yet, Steven?
2: No. No, I'm fucking right. Did you, do you know,
0: and we'd have to look back on it. I don't think it's that many times, but do you know how many times I rode solo on bets and beat both of you guys? Come on, baby.
2: Okay, if we want to do that, I was going to say this podcast goes three years. We've had a lot so of just, solo bets against each other where the other person wins.
0: Yeah, but we're talking about a, we're talking about the tripod now.
2: The tripod, I like that. That's a good name for it. God, you're like you're like an ex-girlfriend bringing up old shit. I'm talking about the now, Wally. You're bringing up stuff that happened eight weeks ago. Uh, it's just right. just the one time. Get me
1: past the Cleveland Browns here. Let's go to the wonderful, the well-talented Philadelphia Eagles as six-and-a-half-point favorites in Indianapolis. Over-under set at 45-and-a-half. Look, I'm just so happy to be talking about a good football team now. I'm just going to flat out say it. I think Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles favorite. I think they're going to play angry, coming off their first loss of the season, and it's probably the best thing that could happen to the Eagles if you're an Eagles fan or team itself. You're coming back to reality. You're regrouping. You no longer have the pressure of undefeated. You're going to play hard, even if Indianapolis is is able to effectively run the ball against the Eagle. I still think they're going to go down multiple scores early and I don't think they're going to be able to recover from it. And I don't know. I I just think this turns into a game where Matt Ryan throws the ball 40 times and Indianapolis realizes that maybe Jeff Saturday wasn't it. But if Indianapolis wins this, Jeff Saturday may go down as the best coach in the NFL. I don't know, but I I just, I think
0: that I I think the Eagles are going to blow the doors off of Indianapolis. I would hate to be a Colts fan right now. Like they have to have the largest target on their back. On their face, on their chest, doesn't matter because Philly's gonna be hungry. They gotta they have to bounce back in the worst possible way right now. The only way I see Indianapolis being able to win is if they can continue their running the ball like they did last week against the Vegas Raiders. But even after a great week last week, this team is still not even averaging a hundred yards per game with their ground game and If they really want to get ballsy, and like you guys were saying at the top of the show about how bad the Philadelphia Eagles' rush defense is, quote-unquote, why don't you go test it out for yourself there, Jonathan Taylor? Let's see how bad they actually are instead of running it 49 times or 50 times, how many carries that they had here. Give me Philadelphia minus 6.5 here. Like I said, Philly's going to be pissed, ready to avenge their only loss of the season. That's really all I have. They're just going to be jacked up.
2: I have Philadelphia minus 6.5 as well. Kind of makes me nervous that we all kind of feel so confident about it. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Yeah, it's that all handshakes around. It's a business deal here. I do think that the Eagles are going to help prove how much of a joke the Raiders lost last week was, which is going to almost hurt a little bit. But the, the recipe for the Colts has got to be to try to do what Washington did last week, and they did against the Raiders. They ran the ball successfully. Jonathan Taylor had more rushing yards since week one last week and first-time play caller Parks Frazier is saying that he felt like a natural up there. One win, and all of a sudden, the Colts start kind of talking a little bit. And to David's point, I love what you said. I think that last week's loss was the best thing for Philadelphia, especially because you feel like you could have won that game, and you played terribly. I think it was like the recipe, perfect recipe. You don't want to be the 17-0 team. You want to be where you're at now, where you almost say, hey – We have problems. Let's fix them now. Instead of getting shocked in the playoffs or even later in the season and then panicking with very little time left, we mentioned before they brought in Linval Joseph and and Sue to help stop and be good in the run defense. That's going to be good, especially in that little period of time before Jordan Davis is ready to go again. I just don't see a recipe for Indianapolis to compete in this game. Especially the way Philadelphia has been great in turnover margin this year. One other random question When did Chauncey Gardner Johnson become CJ? Because he'd been Chauncey his whole career. And Steven, I know you've been calling him CJ th- this whole season. Did he like announce that he wants to start going by CJ? Because all of a sudden everybody's calling him like that
0: half time. and half. Like I've only known him as CJ Gardner Johnson. So when everyone started dropping like just the Chauncey, I was like, okay. But even – because wasn't he the – wasn't he the cornerback that obviously had the uh, DPI against the Rams a couple years ago? And I think that's when everyone started knowing his name. I might be wrong on there. They've just been so loaded with cornerbacks down there in New Orleans. But as far as I'm concerned, I've always known him as C.J. Gardner-Johnson.
2: Yeah, so obviously other people have as well because that's kind of taking precedent now. But for whatever reason, I'd been wondering because I'd been on the other side where I'd only seen Chauncey and now I'm starting to see the other way. Oh, I CJGC? CJGC, or wait, CJGJ? CJGJ. Yeah, that's, that, that's kind of a tongue C-J- twister. GJ two three. Yeah, that's my <laughs> guy. The only reason I brought that up is he's the first Eagle in Super Bowl era with five straight games with an interception. He's trying to go for six, and with Matt Ryan in this offense, that's very possible.
1: You know what you brought up that makes me think now. So it's the second time you brought it up of Linval Joseph and Sue getting signed. Think about when Jordan Davis comes back and you can have rotation four guys rotating at 20 plays a game, giving like 120% effort. So and they are very high level with too. defensive ends. And I really hate the Eagles.
2: Yeah, they're they're so jealous.
1: Them. I'm just so jealous of the trenches.
2: This is a trenches podcast, and I think that's why all three of us yeah, have been all over Philadelphia, all year. I love the New York Jets trenches at the start of the year. A couple injuries have hurt them, but they go to New England where they are three-and-a-half-point road dogs. Total is at 38-and-a-half. This is, to me, one of the more intriguing matchups of the week, even though it won't be the sexiest of watches. And it's because Zach Wilson has been terrible in his career against New England, his short career, 0-3 against Bill Belichick in the Pats, but they are 4-0 on the road. The Patriots, on the other hand, they should have lost to the New York Jets the first time around had it not been for three more interceptions from Zach Wilson. That makes, I think, seven in three games against this team. It feels also like a do-or-die game for Mac Jones. Maybe you guys would disagree. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that as well. But I'm going New England money line. I'm going with the trends until I see – Zach Wilson figured out. I think Bill Belichick has their number. And the Jets just simply don't beat New England. It does not happen. So I'm taking the under 38 and a half as well, because I do think that's the recipe it's going to take for New England to win this game. So want to hear your guys' picks. And also, let me know, Mac Jones, do you think this is do or die, or at least play well or get replaced?
1: You might be onto something there, because if Bill Belichick doesn't beat the Jets, then, you know, it might be Mac Jones' ass in the frying pan. But, yeah, I'm just taking New England money line. All I know, just like a few weeks ago, Bill Belichick versus the Jets is a guarantee win almost always. Until that becomes a, a the opposite trend, uh, you just bet Bill Belichick against the Jets. It's that simple.
0: I'm upset you didn't use the verbiage that you used in the rundown. Bill Belly. I haven't heard that one. I don't think I've ever heard that one. The Bill Belly. I like Big it belly. a lot. Bill Belly. I,
2: I love like Bill it. Belly.
0: I think my dyslexia was kicking in. I was like, Billy Bell? Who the fuck's that? I'm like, oh, shit. That Y's at the end of Bell. not <laughs> Okay, now I'm here with it. Black Sheep alert. Jets plus three and a half. Let's get it. To Wally's point here, they weren't that far off from beating the Patriots the first time around if it wasn't for Zach Wilson's three interceptions. I believe in that game, the Jets also had a pick six that was called back, but I might be confusing it for New England actually having a pick six and called back. Either way, they were actually in that game. I like them a lot. And, yes, we all know we all like to go from 6 to 12 when we talk about Bill Belichick after a bye week. Dude is 1-7 against the spread at home after a bye week. The Jets have the opportunity to be in first place because they own the tiebreaker over the Miami Dolphins if they win this game. 13-game road losing streak in New England is still alive But this wouldn't be the first time that Sala had to break a streak this year because I believe the win against Miami beat a winless streak that they had within the division over the past, like, four or five years. Robert Sala's got something cooking. Give me the Jets plus three and a half, and you know I'm a sucker for divisional games with the hook. Let's go, baby.
2: Washington is a three-point road favorite at the Houston Texans with a total set at 40 and a half. I'm already telling you, I hate that we don't have the hook on this game here, Stephen. This is one that really bothered me when I was looking at this game earlier. I even had a question mark up until about five minutes before we recorded. It's probably my least favorite game of the week. It, it's got to be up there. If not, Taylor Heineke is going to start again. And again, his stats don't amaze you, but the team has played well around him. They have rallied around him. They've been three and one. And the Texans, who knows? They've had a couple interesting uh, additions this week. They brought in Eno Benjamin. they brought somebody else that was waived that's slipping my mind right now. Oh, Amari uh, Rogers, your Green Bay Packer wide receiver. Who knows? Maybe he's one of those guys that needs a new situation. And maybe he can at least show a little bit of what he was drafted so early to do. But I'm going to go against this weird step. The Texans are the only winless team at home this season in the entire NFL. They're 0-3. Not anymore. They're going to beat the Commanders. They're going to win this game. I don't really even have a great reason why, especially because you consider there's a chance Chase Young makes his debut, but the Commanders have just been so inconsistent that I am just, I I refuse to buy in. I refuse to buy in. The NFL has been so weird this year. Why wouldn't the Texans win? And I'm going to steer right into the weirdness. The fact that this spread is so low, I think that something weird's afoot. And I'm taking the Texans. Who knows? I hope they have the red helmets. That's all I got to say.
0: Hope you, have, uh, hope you have enough room in that bandwagon there. Give me Houston plus three. Give me that money line as well. You talked me into it. Washington back on the road in a short week trying to overcome a huge, humongous win that they just had to get back to 500 here. You guys know my... You guys know my spiel about big wins, big losses, how you overcome them in the next game. Houston's going to have problems stopping the run here. Side note, Brian Robinson, anytime touchdown score, I think is going to be cash money. And if Davis Mills cannot turn the ball over in the fourth quarter, I think Houston actually has a great opportunity to win this. I'm kind of on the same boat as you here, Wally. There's nothing I can really grasp on here outside of just contradicting any stat you have. Houston, winless at home, they have to have at least one. Washington, they're 3-1, and they're hot after a huge win, beating arguably the best team in the NFL. How could you not come back a little bit sluggish, getting a little bit too cocky, a little too big for your britches, as they like to say. So I like Houston plus three. I like their money line. I like them to win this game overall. I think that they're going to get things together enough here to squeak out a victory and, and get possibly their only win at home for the season. I think
1: the Browns went two consecutive seasons without winning at home. The Texans can do the same thing. I am taking Washington -3 and money line. Washington has the 10th hardest strength of schedule and is still what 5 and 4, 5 and 5, 5 and 5. Why bet against logic? They're the better team. They have a top 10 defense. The Texans team is the worst team in football by far. I'm taking Logic. Washington -3 and money line.
2: There's a very good chance that you're right. And it makes sense that you would be right, but there's, I don't know what it is. The Texans have just been such a weird team this year. I feel like this might be one of those weird games and and take a step back to your Browns comment. Are you talking about the year or the stretch where they went one in 31 with the two year because like, didn't, you beat the chargers on Christmas Eve at home. Was that at home? I thought we beat them in San Diego. Oh, I remember the fans going crazy as if they were going to win right. a Super you're Bowl. right.
1: It was at home. Oh,
2: Because remember, they, had the, doesn't they matter. had the But
1: it doesn't matter. You want to know why it doesn't matter? Because that was like at the end of the season. So they might as well have gone 0-15 at home in a consecutive stretch.
2: That's fair. That's fair. I just had to bring it up because I'm sure the, the no, Jack right. Kooplers of the world out, out there at home. I think are I remember
1: when yet. we played in San Diego in the 0-16 season and we should have won, but the Sean Kaiser sucks.
2: So no,
0: he was terrible. Yes, he does. Hey, that's a Packer legend. Chill out.
2: <laughs> that's true. That's a very good point. The Los Angeles Rams and the New Orleans Saints are playing in one of the ugliest looking games I can ever remember in my life. The total is 38 and a half. And I truly mean that. I hate the Cardinals with a burning passion. So I at least just got to eliminate that game from my life last week. This one, I'm actually going to pay attention to a little bit because it sounds like Matthew Stafford might be back. That is a little intriguing. The Saints somehow are three-point favorites with the total, again, it's at 38.5. Cooper Cup, guys, he had surgery on his sprained ankle. It sounds like he's going to be on IR out four to six weeks. But if you are Sean McVay, if you are Les Snead, if you are the Los Angeles Rams, what is the, the the reason that you would even think to bring him back? If I and them, I would have shut down Matthew Stafford. I would have tried to get – we. I don't know why nobody's talking about it, but all preseason and all offseason, what did we talk about? We talked about his elbow. We talked about the throwing elbow, how he didn't look as good, that something was off, but they weren't sure if surgery was going to help. Why not try to take care of that now? Because this season, been pissed down the drink. It's gone without cup Tyler Higby's their next leading receiver. Tell me who you guys have. Cause I can't, I can't, I'm just going to tell you under 38 and a half is my pick. Cause I don't know how you could talk me into betting on one of these two teams.
1: I don't have to talk you into it. I'm not going to do it. Fuck betting on this garbage. It's the worst quality game of the week, depending on who plays might be the season. So why bet? Why take an automatic L because whatever I say in this game, the opposite's gonna happen. So, so true. I'm not betting on this game. It's hot garbage. I'm probably not gonna watch
0: this game. Stephen, what do you think? Oh, I'll, I'll bet on the game. Doesn't mean I'm gonna watch it. Give me the Rams plus three. You know why? Because you know who isn't injured. All the stars on the defense and Andy Dalton is. Speaking of hot garbage, Andy Don is hot garbage. Don't know why they haven't gone back to Jameis Winston yet, or at least say, fuck it, Taysom Hill, just get back there and do your magic that you typically do here. Oh, that's right. I'm not Sean Payton. I can't have that happen. Give me the Rams plus three. I think Matt, Staff- Matt Stafford is trending back to starting. He's expected to start because he's clear concussion protocol. I think that they can get something going here. Draw something up. Maybe this is the Van Jefferson game that's going to give him false hope like I currently have as a Packers fan. And all of a sudden, there you go. Maybe this is finally – Finally, the Allen Robinson game. Fuck, maybe they fuck around and bring Cam Akers back. Like, oh, yeah, we forgot to trade you. What, might as well just use you because you're just sitting here collecting dust. Or or Skarnacki, is that the dude's name? It's something ridiculous. Maybe it's the ridiculous. other white guy. Maybe it's the other white guy game.
2: It's possible, and I would be interested to see what Allen Robinson as wide receiver one would look like. Maybe he looks a little bit more like the Chicago days. I doubt it because the offense is – I mean, honestly, just terrible at all levels. There's not a single unit that's been good all the way down to the the play calling to coaching. What I think is interesting is that you brought up Jameis Winston, and I think it was Greg Rosenthal of NFL Network that brought it up earlier in the week that I really, really like. He's not fully healthy. And for some reason, they just decided not to put him in on IR. And it's a trend for New Orleans. For whatever reason. They don't put guys who have long-term injuries on IR. There's no reason not to, but we've seen it with Michael Thomas. We've seen it with Marshawn Lattimore. We've seen it with Jameis Winston now. I have no idea what they're doing, but that is, I, I mean, that's a recipe to get Dennis Allen fired after one year. And frankly, I think it's, there's enough of, because it's not like you went out and got Dennis Allen, right? This is a guy that was already in, and it almost feels like he had an interim tag for a year and a half now, I think that there's a real chance he's fired, especially if he keeps trotting out red rifle in his 30s for a, a losing effort. I mean, the last two weeks, he's imploded last week against the Steelers in the fourth quarter. It was one of the worst football performances I've seen all year. I think he had three turnovers in like five minutes and the game was still in play.
0: Only Andy Dalton can one-up three turnovers in five minutes just a couple weeks after two pick sixes within a minute and 30 seconds.
2: In his defense, one of those pick sixes was not his fault. Agreed. As long as we're on that side. We are, but it's a pick
0: six, nonetheless. If I look at the stat sheet, it's a pick six. Not, oh, Andy Dalton shouldn't have thrown this, so we're not going to count it as a pick six. Bitch, was a pick six. The Detroit football Lions, no one ever says that, are going up to the New York Giants, if you ever heard of them, uh, where the Giants are three-point favorites there at MetLife. Total set at 44.5. Side note, MetLife is expected to now change the field from their AstroTurf because of everyone complaining about the uptick in injuries. They're going to be planning on doing that in the 2023 season. That's awesome. So I'm hoping for the remainder of the season there's not going to be any wicked ACLs, knee injuries, ankle injuries because of this turf. Just stick it out for a few more weeks here, folks. Hope you guys are okay. Give me Detroit plus three, give me their money line, and give me the over 44 and a half. Detroit's on a little bit of a winning streak here. New York is a bottom 10 rush defense. Maybe this is the game you can get DeAndre Swift those touches, finally getting them comfortable because we already know what Jamal Williams can do. We already know how bad Detroit's defense is here. But New York is – they're just due for a loss in my opinion. Too many close calls. They've been winning. They've been grinding. It's good. They let Houston hang around a little bit too long last week. I think that's a little bit different for a Detroit Lions team that, in my opinion, thrive when they're down because they're the comeback kids. Maybe not this year, but in years past or at least over the year and a half, two years that they've had Dan Campbell, they love coming back from a large deficit in the fourth quarter. Hell, they even did it last week against the Chicago Bears. This over is going to be cash. We need to look at what the weather is going to look like. I don't know if it's going to be quite if they're going to get anything like they are in Buffalo. Wally's our weather guy here, so no? Okay. Well... Hopefully there's no wicked knee injuries there uh, at MetLife <laughs> on, on that turf, but give me the Lions plus three of their money line, the over 44 and a half.
2: Honestly, first of all, I, I should start with this. I had probably a 30 second stroke after hearing Detroit football Lions instead of the New York football Giants. I really appreciated you doing it's that. It's funny
0: because I I did it without even, without even realizing, even though I know they're playing the Giants, without even realizing, I'm like, oh shit, they're playing the New York football Giants, like.
2: So, like, my brain. Irony
0: of
2: it. Yeah, there was like a thirty seconds. I didn't hear what you said. Where I was just like, where did you know that weird gif? I don't even know who the the woman is of that blonde woman who's like really confused and there's numbers flying by her head. That was me for thirty seconds there.
0: Yeah, she looks like a knockoff. Uh, knockoff. I can't remember the actress actress's name. You from can American do it. Horror story. But oh, Sarah, Sarah wanna, Paulson. Paulson. I almost said Palin. I was like, I know that's wrong. Yep, you got it.
2: I got you. All right. Well, you know what? You talked me into the over. So I'm going into the over, but I'm going to go with the Giants minus three. And the reason I'm doing that is because we just saw them before their bye week against Seattle, and they kind of got beat up a little bit. The Seahawks were the better team for much of that game. And what we saw all season is the Giants often get outplayed, but there was just this. Will to win almost is the best way I can describe it. That mixed with how well it seems like they're coached, whether that be Brian Dable on offense or Wink Martindale on defense. This is a Lions team that almost has looked for excuses to lose until the last two weeks. This is a great test for them too, because if the Lions can win this game, even though this season's not going anywhere, you can kind of get excited and say, Hey, Hey, We're turning the corner. We're figuring out how to win these games. Until I see it kind of be consistent, though, I'm going to believe in better coaching, or at least what I believe is better coaching, coming off a bye at home as well. So I'm taking the Giants minus three with the over 44 and a half.
1: The over probably hits. I'm not betting on it. According to PFF, the New York Giants are the best second half team in football, which was utterly shocking to me. I think Detroit is fun, but I just, I'm going to continue putting respect on the Giants name until they give me a reason not to. And I just don't think Detroit, I think Detroit's little winning streak here comes to an end at the hands of Saquad.
0: Saquad. I love it. The Chicago bears are traveling down to Atlanta where the Falcons are three point favorites, total set at 49 and a half. So for a little background fields is on pace for just over 1200 rushing yards which would be an NFL record for an NFL QB, which is insane to think about because we never thought we'd ever see that record broken then Lamar breaks it, let alone we have three years later we're going to have someone else that's breaking it. You know, we have Khalil Herbert is placed on IR this week, but for the Falcons, Arthur Smith has announced that Mariota, once again, will be the starter. They had a little bit of a mini bye week, but to Wally's point here, how bad is Desmond Ritter if that's the case? Now, with Atlanta being on here, Give me Chicago plus three. I'm 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 an under. I'm feeling it with the underdogs. Chicago plus three, over 49 and a half. Atlanta's in my doghouse right now. I've been riding them against the spread, and they've been really shitting the bed over the past few weeks, including a push in Vegas, Wally. That one really fucked me. They have not looked good since being in first place here just about two or three weeks ago. Mariota just cannot get it done, and they just seem to have lost their identity as a rush defense or a, a rushing team, excuse me, on offense because they just didn't do it in the middle of a monsoon of a tropical storm last week. Chicago has casually just been averaging 31 points per game over the last month, the best rush offense in the league, while Atlanta has allowed 13 rushing touchdowns, which is tied for fourth most in the NFL right now. Side note, Chicago has also allowed the most rushing touchdowns this year with 17. So David Montgomery, Cordero Patterson kind of mix in with that. Anytime touchdown score, sprinkling Brian Robinson, I'm just spitballing here, people. Give me Chicago plus three because there's no way that a fourth consecutive game that this team is going to score at least 29 points and lose. It's They have to finally get it done here. They just have to finally get it done.
1: God, I don't want to bet on this garbage, but there's some value in going the exact opposite way as you both. I think I'm just going to bet on the under at 49 and a half. I take it because there's value in it and no other reason than if we're just going to watch these teams run down each other's throats. I don't think you're going to get to 50 points. I think it's going to be a lot of time and possession just wasted.
2: You might be right. It it was one of those picks that I can't move off of it because we have seen the bears score so much of late, but there is a large part of me Back here that's thinking very much like you. I mean, this is a Falcons team that realistically in the last month, we jumped off of giving them shit. We were probably a week too early. Because in the last month, take away that miracle win that DJ Moore, if he doesn't celebrate, they have not won a month. This is a bad football team with a bad quarterback. And I know you mentioned it earlier, Stephen, but if Desmond Ritter's not in it's like at what point what are we doing are we just admitting he's not a good quarterback or is there a reason we're hiding him i'm taking the chicago money line i'm taking the over of 49 and a half both of these defenses are terrible and i think that even though both teams do love to run you're gonna get gash plays you're gonna see the 20 yard runs from both teams this is a game that I wouldn't be surprised on Monday night. We're talking about how there's six total runs of over 20 yards in this game. And when shit like that happens, it's basically the passing offense. I'm taking that. I'm rolling with it. We'll see if it works out. But I actually don't hate that move, Dave. There's a lot of value there, like to your point. Which takes us into the next game. Las Vegas is traveling to Denver, who is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 41-and-a-half. I have the under 41-and-a-half. What do you guys have here? Way to
0: make it uh short and sweet there, uh, Wally.
2: I of gave my – that was – I tore it up. That was me analyzing the game. That's everything I have for you.
0: Give me the Vegas Raiders plus two and a half, baby. I cannot bring myself to actually betting, bet on the Broncos, right? And I don't think that they're going to score – at well, I do think that they'll, they'll score over 18 points, but doesn't mean that they're going to win. They look like shit. Injuries to their wide receiving core is going to help hugely – going up against that Vegas secondary here, it actually gives them a chance to not get blown up on defense. How can the Raiders not bounce back after the game that they just endured against the first NFL win for Jeff Saturday, who was just tweeting about how bad this Raiders team was from his couch about 10 days ago? How could you not bet for Vegas to bounce back? That is my mindset. Give me Vegas plus two and a half, baby.
1: I hate both these teams so much. Felt that. So much. Denver's terrible. And I i just like refuse to bet for them this season. But like every time I think I've bet on Las Vegas, they have disappointed me. So I had Las Vegas two and a half under 41 and a half, but I think I'm gonna refrain from betting on this game. This one just feels like one I'm gonna lose no matter what I do. So I'm not betting. I'm I'm that's two games this week. I'm just stepping aside. We'll we'll let it ride how it rides.
2: 0-5 on the road is going to turn into 0-6 on the road, but whatever. Dallas minus one and a half at Minnesota. Total is 47 and a half. The Cowboys have been openly flirting with Odell Beckham Jr. in the media, trying to convince him to sign after Thanksgiving. You know where David and I stand on OBJ, but at the same point, it could be a valuable ad for that offense that could use a number two. The Vikings on the other side. I want to bring this up because I'm not really dissecting the game. I'm more or less just painting a picture for you. Paul Allen, their play-by-play guy. I'm sure you guys have seen it. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen it at home. He went viral this week of his call of the Bills ending. Dude's a national treasure. First of all, what an out! I I would listen seriously to Raiders games if he was calling. It was that exciting listening to this guy. Not to mention. My big fella is dressed to the nine. He's looking good. I got love that me. Drip. Got Dude, that he drip. had that drip. And I, because I mentioned to you guys, I want to say a couple months ago about my mom was watching a food network guy in this Australian master chef. He's like 6'6. Six, six. It's the same kind of look. He's got the beard, salt and pepper look. And when you get a big fella that's willing to dress up, there's nothing better. Big fellas that dress up. I, I love it. And half I, I almost for Paul Allen because of that. It's not the reason, but I'm taking Minnesota money line, guys. Maybe you guys can tell me I'm crazy, but doesn't this just feel like the the perfect time of year, the perfect excuse coming off the Packers game for the Cowboys to give us their typical implosion? Because I think that we're getting close to it for that reason. Give me a home underdog minnesota vikings with only one loss i was stunned when i saw this line skull baby
1: this is probably going to be the best game of the week i i is hesitant to say that for minnesota two consecutive weeks in a row for game of the weeks but for me it's just got the it's got the potential for top quality game of the week but it's also Kirk cousins in a non-one o'clock game so I don't really know how this is going to go. I don't want to bet spreads or money line. I think I'm just going to take the over at 47 and a half. I think that's
0: where I get the most value out of this. Black sheep stand up. Give me Dallas minus one and a half, baby. Minnesota wins a close game. They had just no right to win. Dallas loses a game that they had no right to lose. Minnesota has a bottom four passing defense in terms of yards. But yeah, Dallas has a bottom seven passing offense in terms of yards. But how much can you credit that for Dak being out and them having Cooper Rush, them really starting to use the running game and stuff like that, jet sweeps and all that fun jazz. Minnesota has just been getting by. I think they're 8-0 in one possession games. If we know they always get caught up at one point, if that's either this year or the following year, when they kinda, you kind of see them flipping, maybe that's a 4-4 four and four record going into next year. But Dallas is also in third place in their division. The Eagles lost. Now they have their sights maybe on the first place there. Doubt that. Give me Dallas. They're going to win. I want their minus one and a half. I think they're going to come out guns blazing. Like you said, Kirk Cousins, non one o'clock game. Oh, I'm all over this. It's a battle of the Kirk Cousins. That's all it is.
2: We got breaking news here. The Packers are in all white tonight. Is That's that not make, breaking? You know, I was just, it's breaking to me. Does that make us like the Packers more? Because I kind of love the all whites from the Packers. Once a year, I like the all whites.
0: No, you know, you know, I did. I wish, Woo! I wish they just, I wish they had the all white, the all white helmets with just green G's on it. Yeah, you muted yourself when you started talking. Yeah, you're still muted. Yep, you can
2: still muted. You can, <laughs> still gesture. Muted. Still you can muted.
0: gesture as much as you want, brother.
2: <laughs> I had whatever. Anyways, a couple weeks ago when I talked about them imagining an all black uniform because I hate everybody going all black, but with the green G or a yellow G on an all black would be amazing the yeah. all white with like a green G I I'm kind of with you too. I, I feel like we're, we need to be these guys, PR teams, these team PR let's, let's get out there and make some Jersey recommendations, but the Bengals talk because. about all whites, the white Bengals back guys. And so I know Steven, I knew that was big for you. They are three and a half point road favorites going to Acresher stadium. The artist formerly known as Heinz field. The total is 40 and a half. I'm telling you, dude, it is so hard for me to go against the all-white Bengal helmet. It sounds so stupid. It's so stupid. I get it. I know. But the way they played in that opening game of the year, the way TJ Watt took advantage of this offense, I kind of think that you might get a pissed off Bengals team coming in, especially when you have that quarterback and Joe Burrow, who is so charismatic and seems to just remember all this shit that people are saying, or when they fall short, it's like bulletin board material. I think that the Bengals not only win on Sunday, I think they might beat the Steelers handily. Like, this might never be in doubt. So give me the three and a half. I'm all about the white Bengal, guys.
1: Man, I I can't bet on these games this week. Everything just feels weird to me. I'm taking Cincinnati at three and a half point favorites and I'm doing it because I think they win in a close game. I just don't think it's, I, I think it's four to seven point. Like I, I this feels like a 24, 20 game. It, it really does to me. It just feels like they'll play each other close. Like they always have, but the Bengals just have too much firepower to, to not win this game.
0: Cincinnati minus three and a half.
2: How many points is the white Bengal worth Steven?
0: Apparently, just the one point because I had Pittsburgh at plus four and a half, but I'm going to stick with Pitt. That's seven tees I have in here, Wally. Suck it. Give me Pitt plus three and a half. TJ Watt is back, and he's the ultimate game changer. Yes, Minka Fitzpatrick's out. But on the other side, Jamar Chase is possibly going to be out for this game and most likely going to be out for this game. Cincinnati has also been dealing with injuries. We know what their O line's looking like. TJ Watt is going to just come after Joe Burrow. You won't be able to see him come after Joe Burrow because of the all-white Bengal uniforms that we that were aforementioned here. But I think the Steelers can start to feel something a little bit here. If this was in Cincinnati, this would be a completely different story for me. But being an accuser, the artist formerly known as Heinz uh, Field as Wally like, put it, I think that the Steelers are going to have some energy now that TJ Watt's back is as soon as he's back, it feels like that defense is playing with or without Minka Fitzpatrick. I get that. That is a huge piece. That you're going to be missing here for a little bit of time but tj watt is the answer give me pittsburgh plus three and a half doesn't mean i think they'll that they'll win but i see this as a 24 21 type of game david i'll literally one-up you
2: (laughs) i like that sunday night football now the kansas city chiefs this game's weird to me guys they're four and a half point road favorites now at the chargers and again. As every week, I have to do with whoever is hosting the game at SoFly Stadium. The Chargers are quote unquote home in this game. Totals 51.5. What really weirds me out though is that this line has fallen two points in the last two days. And I don't know why. I've been trying. Mike to...
0: Williams and Keenan Allen are, are expected to be back.
2: Oh, see, I'm glad you said that. I saw Mike Williams, but I did. Keenan Allen's expected to be back.
0: I've also been hearing that since week one. Isn't that right, David? True. <laughs> All right, trust me, he's on my IRG. Even buddy, Allen is, is going to have
1: a hamstring injury tonight, laying in bed, and he's going to be out <laughs> for another six weeks.
0: It's going to be the opposite of hamstring, too.
1: Actually, just fucking take a gun and shoot his hamstring because he'll come back from it faster,
2: apparently. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, I don't know how to follow that up. I'm just going to say Chargers line. Now I feel better about it.
0: What's that money line at, by the way, Wally? That money it's at line. plus four? Is it like two, plus on PFF? Plus 197
2: on PFF. You guys oh, come back dude. to me, and I'll tell you what the money line is. You guys give me your picks, and I'll give you the exact number for you.
0: Give me the Chargers plus four and a half. Justin Herbert is nine and five as an underdog in his short career, but he's seven and one against and the spread as an underdog when it's three or more points. Like I said, Keenan Allen possibly back. Mike Williams is possibly back. But then you look at the other side. Uh, Kedarius Tony is really going to be the number one. You have McCall Harbin that was sent to IR today for the Chiefs. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is out with a concussion because he did not clear protocol, so he's not going to have it. Obviously, you have your two-headed running monster, one-and-a-half-headed running monster, and Isaiah Pacheco sprinkled in with Clyde edwards helaire Then you still have Travis Kelsey. Kadarius Tony is being that guy here. Maybe you'll have that breakout game, but what did the Chargers do last time they were on the field? They lost, which means, logically, the next game they're going to win They're going to win this game and then just get blown out the following week. I'm still following that trend that we've been following since literally last year. Give me the Chargers plus four and a half against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Football Chiefs.
2: Didn't you just say, though, that they were going to win? I remember in week four or five, the Chiefs played the Colts, and you guys were trying to peer pressure me into taking the Colts' money line, and I regret not doing it. Steven, join me. Let's go. Let's go, Join baby. Me. Let's ride. Yeah.
0: Hey, scare money don't make no money. I'm, I'm typing it in right now. Sorry if you guys hear it on the on the old recording, but plus one ninety. By this. the way, money that's line whack. is plus one ninety. Plus four and a half. It's one plus one ninety. Uh, that's kind of whack to me.
2: Hey, still you throwing up. Uh, like, let's that, may, say that, that makes
0: you feel. That makes you feel more comfortable taking it. Taking it because I feel like when you see a four and a half five, it's in the two hundreds at least, like the two thirty to 250, 260 range. For it to be that low. I like it a lot
2: when well, it's been There's... falling like a rock and we saw what they did in week two against the chiefs in Arrowhead without Keenan Allen. And that was yep. with a banged up Justin Herbert in the fourth quarter. If he is a hundred percent and you guys are right. And both of those wide receivers are back. I'm so happy you guys said that. Cause I, I was, it was one of those I was following my heart on this pick and I didn't know why. And now I feel justified with my reasoning. So I appreciate you.
1: So, All right, over. boys, you've sold me uh charge money line and i'm taking the over on 51 and a half
2: did you money line too yeah let's ride boys Squad and i'm taking ride.
1: them i'm taking the over at 51 and a half the reason being is they scored 51 points total in arrowhead earlier this season i think We're in an that? easier environment this is a this is a higher scoring game whether it's one team or another i just think they score more than 51
2: arrowhead what's ride. Arrowhead, we west arrowhead west is west. right amen look at us riding together that's uh an underdog money line all three of us that's the first time this year and i know that for a fact yes but let's finish up let's wrap up and let's send steven on his way on my way or what is the rusted foot song i, I just had it stuck in my head for like a week send me on my way anyways you guys at home know what i'm talking about monday night football they're shaking head you'll you'll know what i'm talking about i'll probably throw I, in like I, three seconds there what what is it
1: my way
2: send me on my way 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 it's rusted foot you people at home if you don't know this it is such a sneaky banger it's such a good song it's so good i'm telling you it's it's one of those when we get off here for three minutes you put it on your night will be better because David, you're like me. I'm yeah, miserable. Yeah, right, right when you hear it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You've heard it before. On my way. I, on my way. Yep. Send me on my way. Yeah, so that's yep. basically – we're sending us on our way here to Mexico City. And that is where the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals will be playing with a total of 43-and-a-half. Hollywood Brown, He is supposed to be back for the Cardinals. This will be the first time DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown will be on the field together. Unfortunately, we don't know who the quarterback is. Kyler Murray is day to day with his hamstring, and we know about hamstrings. We just talked about them. And then you have Colt McCoy, who's dealing with a minor knee injury. So we're waiting on Cliff Kingsbury to give us his starter for Monday night. I don't think I'm really surprising too many people at home. The Arizona Cardinals have sort of replaced the Atlanta Falcons in my doghouse of teams that I can't stand for one reason or another. I'm going with San Francisco minus eight and a half and I don't care who's starting a quarterback. Give me the 49ers. I'm excited to see that offense do it down. Aren't they something like it's ridiculous. Like we talk about mile high being 5,000 some odd feet in the air. I want to say Mexico city in Estadio Azteca is like 10,000 feet in the air or something close to that. That is ridiculous. So having the weapons like Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey on that offense to be able to kind of take the load off of everybody. I think that's going to pay dividends. So give me the 49ers minus eight and a half boys. 7,200,
0: just a, just a little bit north of 7,200 feet. So you weren't that far off Wally. Um, shout out to Evan Desker. Cause I think the Cardinals, and he was saying this when we were in Vegas, I'm tired of your shit. Tears. At, if, if I believe, if I believe that right. Of it, yeah. The that.
2: sick of the shit category or whatever sick
0: of sick of your shit teams yeah exactly arizona's right up there and for me to contradict it even though i haven't watched the new episode of hard knocks yet give me arizona plus eight and a half again divisional game you know how i guys feel about this cliff kingsbury is not sean mcveigh he actually knows how to win against kyle shanahan and the 49ers i believe they've won three of the last four including back-to-back victories dating back to last year Even with Colt McCoy in here, I like how that team is playing because the dude's 3-1 and as a starter. I want to say that he's covered in all four of his. Actually, no, he's 3-1 and against the spread as well outside of getting blown out by Carolina and Cam Newton's comeback game last year. Remember when he was screaming, I'm back, and then we haven't seen him since? Fuck that dude. (laughs) But I like it because kyler murray did practice today he had a limited practice just as colt mccoy so as you're saying cliff kingsbury is going to have a decision ahead of him here in the next in the next couple of days here but hollywood brown being back in practice is big we'll see if he will suit up but this is too large of a spread for an in-division game for me even if i had Fran be being that nfc championship team this is the game that they lose and it kickstarts them potentially but arizona plus eight and a half that's what i'll take right here Taking
1: San Francisco money line. I'm just taking the win. I I don't this spread. I'd probably take Arizona plus eight and a half if I knew for sure Kyler Murray was playing, but I don't. So I just think San Francisco is going to win, and I'm not taking San Francisco spread because they're like three and six against the spread this year. So we're just betting on them to win the game. That's it.
2: Nothing is turning into a better LOD tradition to me then watching Steven and I have just ridiculous takes without knowing like a quarterback's playing or not even ridiculous, that's not the word, ridiculously confident takes in a game that a quarterback might not be playing. And then David level-headedly comes in. Man, I don't know. Let me just take the money line. This is going to be safe here. This is
0: not a level-headed
1: podcast. I'm down bad in bets. I'm down bad in bets. I got to start making (laughs) level-headed decisions here where I'm just down bad.
2: We're on each side of his shoulder right now. I I think I'm the bad guy considering the fact I've been losing so much more. So I'm the devil on the one shoulder of him. And Steven's little angel over here being like, oh, give me Arizona. Plus eight, it's a division game. Birds aren't real. Take the mechanical bird for eight and a half.
0: With that, that's going to wrap us up here with our week 11 picks. Before we head out here, let's get our prop, lock, and drop it. That's right, guys. We give you a prop. You think you should take an absolute lock of the week and then drop a game that we want to stay away from. David, I'll toss to you. What is your prop, lock, and drop this week?
1: All right, prop bet. We're we're continuing the train of me betting on the most weird player prop bets of all time. And Robert Tanyan, over 27 and a half receiving yards. I'm fucking taking it right it. now. Let's go, baby. He's achieved it in four of the last five. Six of the last 10 on the season. It's just easy money. It's easy money, and I I like easy money. I had a lock of Cleveland-Buffalo as the under, but I'm just going to change that. You can lock to whatever. Buffalo by a million. Lock that in. Just Buffalo by a million. And then my drop is Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh because I think that could be a blowout potentially, but I also think that could be decided with a kick at the end. So I'm that one I'm really unsure about. All
2: right. I'll do it now, but I have to, since it is Packer night and we are about 30 minutes from kickoff, I had to just point out if anybody out there watched, because I know that you've already heard this or seen this by now, the pregame show, Aaron Rodgers in an interview with Marshawn Lynch got a Marshawn Lynch Seattle Seahawks jersey on. And it's, he's one of those players like Peyton Manning was with the Colts before he went to Denver. He looks so weird in another uniform Like he's such a Packer forever to me that seeing him in a Seahawk uniform really just threw me through a loop. Anyways, I'll get to this so we can wrap up the prop TJ Watt sack or more. If you can find multiple, I'd love it. He owned this Bengals offensive line at the start of the year. He didn't get a lot of traction last week. He was probably revving back up, getting back into the flow of the game. He's going to want to sack even more. Given the success he's had against Cincinnati, I think it is really good, especially considering the fact sack props typically are plus money to begin with. So I really like that. Cleveland and Buffalo was my underlock, which now is gone. So I have to sit here on the fly and just tell you right now, I've got to go with the over instead. If you're going to flip from one, I'm going the over because it's at Ford Field. You heard my reasoning earlier. David's very confident as well. The Browns defense not at their best right now. So give me the over in that game. And the drop is the Washington-Houston game. It feels weird, but damn it, I'm taking Houston money line, as you guys already know. I'm hoping I'm not kicking it too far down the road here when you guys come back, but that is my drop. So, Stephen, let's hear your prop, lock, and drop, and let's get on out of here. My prop of the
0: week is I've been already kind of alluding to it this whole episode. Brian Robinson, any time touchdown score. Anyone who is playing the Houston Texans, you take their touchdown prop as the running back because I, and I'd have to go back and look into it. I don't, I think the last person not to hit, oh man, no, Austin Eckler hit. You had Saquon hit for me, which I wasn't there for this week, but I had Saquon scoring two with over a hundred and that one screwed me because he only scored one with 150 yards. But nonetheless, I'm, I'm, I'm just, Going off, uh, going off track here. Brian Robinson, anytime touchdown score here. If you want to sprinkle in what the daryl Patterson, David Montgomery, and hell, even throw Justin Fields on there all together combined combine, you got to be looking at a plus 12, plus 1400 ticket right there. Why not sprinkle 10, 15, 20 bucks on that? My lock of the week is Chicago and Atlanta over the 49 and a half. Because what I said, Chicago's been scoring at a very high clip, which I never thought I'd say that in my entire life, and I'm very upset about it. But Atlanta. Atlanta can score some points too because Chicago's defense is dog shit. My drop of the week, something I've been very high on, the New York Jets plus three and a half against New England simply because it's hard to bet against Bill Belly. Bill Belly, God, how could you not? Oh, I have Billy B here. I'm going to go. Bill Bill Belly, Belly. baby. Bill Belly with the selly. With that, that's going to bring us to an end of another episode of Lost Down. Shout out to our sponsors, Tabbies. Make sure you use promo code football for 20% off that order as well as free shipping. And Abby Turner Photo, your one-stop shop marketing agency. Check her out at abbyturnerphoto.com as well. SawDot and Sapphire on Instagram. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Loss of Down and Twitter, down underscore loss. Boys, do we have any parting words for the listeners today? God, I wish everyone could just see David's face. That's been his face 80% of the pod tonight.
2: I even have it wrote down here or written down, excuse me. This is a very low point of the year for you and me, David. Our sports teams are not exactly doing well. This is the t- It's so important. We just have to march on. It's March of the Penguins, basically. We got to just put one foot, take it one day at a time. Eventually, the sports seasons will be over, and we'll have a few months of peace and quiet, and it'll give us plenty of time to talk ourselves back into being championship contenders just to get hurt again next year don't
0: worry david if you're actually a syracuse fan the the heart getting ripped out of you is going to continue here until about end of february early march i know i
1: know syracuse has been depressing because they haven't recruited well over the last like five years but
0: leave the state of new york to look for players that's neither here nor there
1: so i almost said I'm just, just get me to December 4th. But then I remembered the Browns are the Browns and we might actually lose to the Texans. So just like, get me to the off season.
0: As long as Houston wins this week, you're fine. Cause like I said, they're not going to win a home game all next all this year. Get it out of the way, just like Eagles, get the loss out of the way. Yeah. Now we can really start playing football.
2: The more I think about it, I kind of hear David's point just because it would be such a Cleveland move and to, it's so
0: emotional for Houston and any player that was still there or is overlapping.
2: Yeah, like I, I'm sure David remembers, and I'm sure you, you're a bigger basketball fan than me by a hundred times. But when LeBron came back to Cleveland the first time, when you saw oh, that Cleveland reaction against the Miami Heat, I know that it's a different kind of reason he left, but Houston's gonna be lively in that game, and it would be such a Cleveland Browns thing to get dragged all off season for going after this quarterback, this football player for what he did off the field just to come back and have him play his former team and lose. It's written in the stars. It's Cleveland. So I don't even blame him. I I kind of they'll lose this week just so that it's even worse of a loss, too. That is Houston being they'll lose this week.
0: For some reason, all I'm thinking about being in Houston stands during that game is like a bunch of Yosemite Sams. Or, uh, oh no, I and I hate myself for this because I'm a huge Simpsons guy. Whoever the, whoever like the country cowboy is in there and he's always shooting his guns off, like that's a bunch of Houston tech. Like
2: fuck you, Deshaun Watson. Isn't he like? Isn't like? Uh, oh my god, you're gonna kill me too. Isn't it like Diddy? Oh, my, it starts with a D. I want to say. You're thinking of Bob Dibidome from Fair. Oh, I'm thinking there, of Dibidome. You're right, but it's similar vibe. You're right with the yeehaw.
0: Very similar vibe. Yeah, yeah.
2: my bad. I, you're right though. I was thinking of wow, well, that was a really good catch that you knew what I was thinking about.
0: Oh, I got you, baby. You know how I like the catch. <laughs> and with that, uh, until next week, he's Wally. I'm David. Uh, he is Stephen, and uh, we're lost him down. We need to get that. He's
2: Stephen. He said. Go pack-o. Go, go pack-o, go, baby. Squeaky cheese curd. Tur- er- Squeaky cheese curd season.